This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Molecule, the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. For $75 off your first order, visit Molecule.com, that's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and use the promo code FOOL75, that's FOOL75. It's Wednesday, November 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, two special guests. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, it's Fulapalooza, so we're not talking about the election results because we're actually taping this on Tuesday. With me in studio, from Motley Fool Australia, Andrew Leggett and Ed Vesely. Gentlemen. Hello, Chris. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you for making the trip. Thanks for having it's us on. It's a long one, but glad to be here. I was just going to say, what would you, on a scale of 1 to 10, Andrew, how would you measure your sleep deprivation right now? I think I am on about an eight. I think it could get worse. <laughs> but I got in here Sunday night and have barely made it past 2.30 or 3.30 before waking up. So I think it can be worse and it probably will. Probably just in time. I'll get over it just in time for me to go home. All right. Let's, yeah. Which is Friday for you. I think I did this a bit better. Uh, we arrived on Friday. So we've had the weekend to... Get over the flight. So your sleep de- deprivation is only. Oh, like it's about, a lot lower. It's, it's fine. I feel pretty good. Five or six. Um, I want to get to some stocks in a minute, but um, let me just let me just start with dividends um, because um, this is something um, Ed that we were talking about earlier. Uh, one of the services in Motley Fool Australia that you work on is our dividend service, and I'm curious how you, as an investor. Uh, view dividend cuts because that's something that's come up on our show recently. In, in, certainly, in the form of major bellwether companies like General Electric, when you see a company cutting their dividend, what goes through your mind as an investor? Well, you've got to look at the uh, payout ratio. I think um, if it's high to begin with, it's okay to be cut. I think it has to be a sustainable dividend. Um, Telstra is a good example. The the largest main telco in Australia. Telstra. Telstra. Uh, TLS for anyone who's interested in that uh, on the ASX. It's had a bit of a rough trot, competition's increasing. Um, there's this national broadband network in Australia which is uh, affecting margins. I won't go into the thesis too much, but effectively it's cut its dividend from, I think it was around 31. It was over 30 cents. I haven't got all the figures here, but it was uh, now down to 22 cents. The uh, stock price has been uh, smashed. It hasn't been a great return uh, for Motley Fool members. Um, and there's also the prospects for further dividend cuts. There's a lot of bad news, um, but I think that's actually built into the price. And um, <clears throat> when I started on the service, uh, I had to look at the Telstra announcements that came out. And um, I thought, you know, I'll be brave. It was around $2.70. It's about $3.10 now. But I thought, no, I'll maintain a buy on that, only because I think um, all the negative news is out there. And if it's going to get any worse, it could. But I think that the uh, price was so low, it's possibly towards at the bottom end of its range. But we'll see what happens. Um, there's one less competitor in the Australian market now, so there's, between, there's a merger between Vodafone and another company called TBG. So they'll be a strong competitor, but um, it's one less competitor. So hopefully there's going to be some more rational pricing. But look, the whole industry is suffering, I think. It's pretty hard. I think Telstra does have its, its uh, advantages, though. It's the biggest telco in the country it has scale it, it has um, it has financial firepower behind it and um, it's, it's definitely not going out of business so um, at this stage it's still a buy on the scorecard 
So, Andrew, as a growth investor, as someone who likes sort of those uh, uh, smaller rule breaker growth stocks, um, does it just immediately turn you off when you see a company paying a dividend? Because I'm assuming, let me put it this way: uh, most of the growth investors that I've come to know. Um, it's not that they hate dividends. It's that it's probably the last thing they'd rather see the company do with the money. They'd rather see them deploy it in other ways. Yeah. So I wouldn't. I'm not a hater of dividends. I think <laughs> if you are, it's a, the ASX is actually a really difficult place to invest on because the the market is dominated by what we call superannuation funds. It's probably similar to what you guys have in four hundred one ks and things like that. Uh, and you know. Big pen or big pension funds might be another good comparison, and they're largely investing for people that, when they retire, get an income stream. So they're very focused on dividends. So if you actually want to be a popular stock in Australia, paying a dividend is a very good way to get a lot of the big money in. So there's very few that would. There's very few that will decide. Hey, we're not going to pay any. I I would argue some. Pay dividends too quickly, um, so that's probably the growth come out. I would prefer to see them reinvest more, but it's just the nature of the market, and you tend to get the investors that you want. And if you want, you know, the big superannuation funds that uh, I don't know the size. Ed, you probably know the size of the superannuation industry well, more than me. It's about close to three trillion dollars, yeah. two point something trillion, which mm. in Australian terms is an extremely large amount. Then paying a dividend is a very good way to attract that. So we were talking this morning, um, if, because most of our audience is, you know, we have dozens of listeners. I don't know if you know that. That's good. That's um, good to know. Uh, and most of the dozens are here in the United States. But uh, you know, we always get email from people who are looking to diversify outside of the United States, Australia, English-speaking, stable economy. You know, a, a, a lot of the sort of large macro things that we like to see as an investor. Allegedly stable. Alleg- <laughs> um, yes, you're saying that you, 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 you've been turning over your prime minister. Uh, oh, there's been a few. Great, uh, great frequency recently. I was just thinking about the statistics on this. We've had um, three prime ministers from 1983 through to 2007. That was Bob Hawke, Paul Keating, and John Howard. And uh, from 2007, we've had uh, six or five individuals. There was one prime minister, Kevin Rudd, who was there twice. Um, we've had six yeah, different prime ministers in the last, um, how many years is that now? I think we've had about five, five in six years, and we've only had a yeah. couple of elections. I'd argue we're just make, making another, the process more efficient. <laughs> there's another election coming. There'll be another one, possibly. But in terms of the overall market, uh, Andrew, you were saying that uh, you've got a, basically 2,000 stocks in the Australian stock market. And if you're a U.S. investor, who, for the first time, is thinking, okay, I'm going to look at Australian stocks. It sounds like your advice right out of the gate is cut half of them. Yeah, and Australia is obviously a very small a very small country and with a small population, and the vast majority of our businesses are very focused on the domestic market. There's only a few that uh, are, well do international markets really well. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I just out of curiosity, I ran a bit of a screen to, to see the numbers, and there was just over 2,000 stocks on the ASX. And then I put in what seems like a pretty uh, generous uh, thing of, show me all the companies that have revenue above zero. And then- <laughs> That's a good start. And, and, and then, Wait a minute, revenue above zero? Yep, yeah, and work. the number just halved. There, there is a, a lot of, so there are a lot of companies, for example, that 
are nothing more than holes in the ground in the Western Australian desert in the hope that one day they dig something or someone buys something to dig something and get, you know, some type of mineral that's worth something out of there. And they have no real business other than just owning a stake owning in a the stake ground. And a resource that hasn't been dug up yet. Yeah, so there's a very good... It's a very simple tool and a very good way to cut down on the amount of time if you're interested in looking at the Australian market. There's, yeah, although there's 2,000, you can easily get rid of half. You could probably get rid of more than that. All right, we're going to get to individual stocks in a minute, but uh, I want to say a quick thanks to Molecule, which is the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. It makes a real difference for asthma and allergy sufferers, helping them better cope with their conditions and significantly reducing their symptoms. I should know because I stole one. Uh, one customer reportedly said after using Molecule in her home that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. I don't know about her, but as I said, we had we have one of these in the office, um, very sleek looking device. And back in the spring, I was just suffering at home, so came here over the weekend, stole it. As you brought it to my, as you do, as you do, as you do. You needed look, it. Look, who among us, either in this studio or listening to this podcast, has not stolen a large device from their office before? And in my case, I brought this thing to my home, and uh, God slept so much better and felt so much better, and then returned it because that's what you also do. You should, you, if you're going to steal something from your office, my recommendation is return it. And then uh, everything go, tends to work out well. Uh, Molecule is easy to use, which is good because I have trouble with technology. So trust me, it's really easy to use. It has a clean and sleek design from the materials used on the device, like its sleek, solid aluminum shell to a filter subscription service where filters regularly arrive on your doorstep when you need them. You can get $75 off your first order. Just go to Molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. And use the promo code... Uh, promo code FOOL75. That's Molecule.com and use the promo code FOOL75. Um, before I let you get out of here, and in the case of, of Andrew, uh, probably go take a nap, um, uh, Ed, I'll just start with you. What is, having just established that at least half of the stocks on the Australian Stock Exchange are not worth a U.S. investor's time to look at? Um, what is a stock that you would recommend people take a look at? It doesn't have to be like, oh, I think this is a screaming buy, but just something like, hey, here's an idea to check out. Well, there's, um, the good thing is, there's, um, <clears throat> despite the um, market being weighted the way that Andrew just described, there's, there's actually uh, a lot of good businesses on the ASX. You just have to find them. I think um, there's one company I've looked at for the dividend investor service, which is Collins Foods. Now, um, what it does is it's effectively about 80%, 85% of its revenues are from uh, KFC restaurants. So everyone knows about the old, the previously known as K uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, look, at face value, it doesn't seem that great. Um, fast food is pretty competitive. Um, what's the competitive advantage of something like KFC? Well, the company itself is, is expanded, uh, I think, to 222 restaurants around the country. And that's about 35%. So they're not the only franchisee. They pay Yum Brands the, the rights to, to um, expand their restaurants and using the KFC brand. But um, what they've done recently, too, is they've um, expanded into Holland and Germany. Now, that's risk, in a way, because, look, they're exporting a, an American fast food brand to Western Europe. KFC, similar to McDonald's and Domino's Pizzas. Uh, look, is it really going to take off? 
it sounds risky, but it's also an opportunity because the uh, I suppose the, uh, the recall of the brand and the familiarity of the brand is just not that high there. So they're looking at they've established thirty five restaurants there just in the in Western Europe in Germany and Holland and. Um, that's a, a significant degree of scale. They they bought these portfolios of restaurants um, from a number of um, vendors, I think, and um, they're looking at integrating all of that, uh, you know, effectively sharing the costs over a larger asset base and driving some scale. They'll probably look to expand that over time. But look, the other a major part to um, Collins Foods in Australia is, is it's a well-managed company. They've got the, um, the, the first right to uh, sell Taco Bell in Australia. They've opened one restaurant in Brisbane. Now, it's only one. It's been operating for about 12 months, and it's done um, very well. I actually took uh, Jason Moses' advice. He says, on-the-ground research is the way to go. So I thought, they're in Brisbane. That's where I'm from, so I'll go down there and uh, just check it out. It I wasn't. Was, it was very busy. I had to wait. I had to wait a long time to get in, and the uh, the, the drive-in was, um, there was six or seven cars <laughs> constantly going in and you know people buying their food there. So I've been there three times just to you know check it out. Um, Look, the food is okay. A good value. <laughs> it's Taco Bell. But it's Taco Bell, and people were flying. I've read some of the Google reviews. Um, people are flying in from Melbourne, Sydney, and North Queensland just to try it out. But they're expanding that to 50 restaurants between now and the end of um, the next four years. So um, we'll see. It's a bit of a wild card. Um, it's expensive. It's about ooh, 24 times trailing earnings at the moment. So they have to get the growth just to keep that price up, unfortunately, for... Uh, buyers today, it has risen about 20% or so in the last few months. So it's been a fortunately a good pick um, in the last few months. What's the ticker for Collins Foods? That's a CKF on the ASX. Um, but I'm not saying it's necessarily um, the cheapest stock out there, but it does have some interesting prospects. I just like that Taco Bell in Brisbane is driving uh, airline traffic. It <laughs> is. <laughs> Basically, Look. it's driving tourism. Uh, Andrew, what about you? A company that uh, I've got, I actually own that I think, it, particularly for an American audience, would that might be of interest is a company called Afterpay Touch, or what we just call Afterpay. Uh, the ASX code is APT. Now, the reason I think this is interesting is because they've just uh, expanded into the US. Uh, so far, they've had a bit of momentum going, so it might be a company that. Uh, some of the dozens of listeners that we have might start seeing around, whether it mainly to start with on online retail sites, but uh, potentially much late, if it's anything like Australia, in most retail stores. So what it actually allows you to do, the term is buy now, pay later. So let's just say we walk into an Urban Outfitters, who's one of the uh, people that first signed up to use Afterpay in the States. I buy a pair of jeans, I go up to the counter and or on their website and say, I want to Afterpay this. I get to take those jeans home but I don't pay for it until uh, four equal installments over eight weeks after you know I, I purchase that price. So it allows it allows customers to smooth their purchase purchases over a large amount of time. Uh, in Australia, they found it also increases retail traffic. Uh, I think at the end of August, they had about one hundred and fifty thousand uh, US subscribers. I've heard rumors that they may be on track to half a million by the by December. The I've looked at Google Trends traffic that's going up. Everything seems to show that momentum is on them is on the up for them. So, it's a really interesting play. The shares have been a very rocky one. So, a year and a half ago they were around $2 and 
back in September, they hit a high of $20. So that's a pretty substantial increase in the short term. I think everyone who owned during that time, including myself, has been happy with that performance. Uh, it's since fallen. It's fallen almost half, though, in the last couple of months, mainly on fears of Australian regulation. But truth be told, I wouldn't even classify Afterpay as even much of an Australian stock anymore. Its success is going to be driven by how successful it is in America. The more successful it is in America, the less important the Australian business comes just due to the size of the retail markets. And that will go a long way to... uh, There's a potentially large range of valuation, but it could either be very cheap at the moment, very expensive, and that will all fall upon how it does in the States, also expanding into the UK. But that's a much earlier process. If you want to read more from Andrew Leggett and Ed Vesley, you can go to the Motley Fool site in Australia, which is fool.com.au. You got it. Don't I'm, forget the .au. .au. Fool.com.au. I don't want to get in trouble. No. I want, I want to make <laughs> Historically, long-term listeners know this, historically, I struggle with the URL in Fool Australia. So, um, Thanks for being here. I, I, I know you guys are, are busy and, uh, and also uh, battling sleep deprivation, all kidding aside. So I appreciate you coming no, it's, in. It's not a problem. It's been Makes a pleasure. Sense. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Steve Broido. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.